Thaddeus Owen began his journey outdoors, camping and fishing as a boy in the Adirondacks and central New York forests. After a decade spent developing pharmaceutical products, he just couldn't face another day adding terrible ingredients like high fructose corn syrup and numerous red dyes into children's medicine. He shifted gears and engineered a successful work from home assignment following Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, where he began a new job keeping toxic chemicals out of products we all use every day. From there, he was able to find a way to incorporate more movement, nature, and sunshine into his work environment. Thaddeus healed his own anxiety, lowered his blood pressure, and fixed his sleeplessness using biohacking, primal hacking, and qigong. He spends his free time experimenting on himself in hopes of helping others on their journey. He studies nature, sunshine, and EMF, and educates others on how to become optimally healthy using light and avoiding EMF. Thaddeus is the manager of global production regulations for Miller Knoll Company. Previous to this, he was the chief sustainability engineer for Herman Miller. Thaddeus holds a personal training certification, nutrition certification, master's degree in holistic nutrition, and BS in chemical engineering. He also teaches others how to upgrade their biology through the online platform Primal Hacker. Thaddeus, thank you for being here today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join me for this conversation. You were our most watched episode one, so I'm really excited for the second episode of taping with you and recording. Awesome. People are hungry for good information on health. I like it. Yes. And you are a great resource for health. As a matter of fact, I would say in terms of outside of the box health practices, you have made the biggest impact on me personally. So if you ever see me doing anything really out of the norm, you have Thaddeus to thank for that. But it's made a huge difference in my health and you've really helped open my eyes to a lot of different avenues to health. You know, I kind of went from being siloed in healthcare, siloed a little bit in lifestyle functional medicine, and then, you know, you along with Heidi kind of drew me into that uh, biohacking um, space, which has really kind of elevated a lot of different components of my health and, and what we do at the point. So here's what I would say as we start our conversation. Most people who are health optimizers or value health, which I would consider myself one, I probably am like 80-20 most of the time. 80% I do, 80% of what I want to do, 20% of the time, you know, it's not my optimal, right? I know a few people who are 90-10. You are the only person that I know that is like 99.9999999% of doing, living what you practice and what you practice and what you preach, which I think is very admirable because the dedication takes a lot, right? And we're sitting here in the self-esteem brand headquarters and the whole platform is preventative health. Um, I come from healthcare where there's all kinds of people saving lives and promoting health. And I still would say out of both of those spaces, you are the individual who does it with the most dedication. So I'm really excited to dive into this conversation to teach others how they can optimize their health. And a lot of it's going to be outside the box. It's going to be like really new content that people probably haven't heard about, which is even more fun to bring forward. I want to start with, can you share with everybody like what exactly is a biohacker? It's kind of become a little bit of a buzzword, but people might have different definitions of it. So give us like the real definition of biohacker. Yeah. So thank you, Krista. And you made a comment too, that 
there's like 80% of people care about their health or are actively focused on it. I think it's almost 100% of people that care about it and want to do something, but so many people don't know where to start and what to do or they focus on things that aren't actually helping them. Mm -hmm. So that's hopefully what we'll cover some of Mm -hmm. today. And this concept of how I got started in this kind of wellness space, like at work, I work a corporate job as well as basically educating people outside of work and my passion, which is this health stuff. I'm the weird guy at work. Like they point to me and like, you want to meet the weird guy, you need to meet Thaddeus. And now it's awesome. Like I love it because people now will come and ask me questions. Mm -hmm. They stop by my desk and they're like, hey, are you that guy? And uh, the other day, somebody who I've never met before was like, I saw you in an advertisement on Facebook. You're famous. And it's like, (laughs) well, (laughs) that's kind of weird, but what was I doing? (laughs) Because it's not my ad. So, um, so I've been known at work as like the health guy and I do things that are definitely outside the box. Mm -hmm. So they can seem a little weird at first. Mm -hmm. And this term that I started studying back in 2007 called biohacking is kind of what launched me to deep dive into my own health and then eventually teach others. And really it's just a combination, you know, of these two words of like biology and hacking, which is more of a computer term. Mm -hmm. And there's two real things that you need to know about it. And one is like, it's really intended to teach people how to do the most amount of health work in the least amount of time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how can you learn about your biology and optimize it to its highest potential with the minimum amount of work? Because we all are stressed for time these days. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately what biohacking means is understanding your own biology, which is unique, in, in all the world, not anyone is going to be the same. So understanding yourself and being willing to make changes inside of yourself mm-hmm. and in the environment around you. Mm-hmm. Because one thing that we forget is if you're getting hit in the head with a hammer, taking Tylenol is not the answer. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, you're in pain, you need Tylenol. You need to fix the environment, mm-hmm. which is the hammer hitting you in the head. Mm-hmm. So I love to talk about the environment and how we can clean that up before we do all this other work. Yeah, that's a great answer. And it helps so much in terms of kind of taking the mystery right out of that biohacking term, because biohackers historically do really outside the box thing and things and people automatically kind of go, that's way too out there. That's woo woo. That's not scientific. That's kind of crazy. And what I love about learning from you, Thaddeus, is you're an incredibly intelligent human, right? You've got um, a high level career and a really successful um, career path. And a lot of people know that you're a thought leader, right? Because you're a really good human. You're incredibly humble. You're a great teacher. Um, but you do your research. Like this isn't just woo woo that you're like pulling out of your pocket. Like, Hey, today I feel like jumping in the lake. That's minus 30 just because like you actually know why you're doing this and you test it on yourself, which is really the beginning of research, right? It starts somewhere. And I don't think what most people realize is it starts with biohackers. And from there, it evolves a little bit and a little bit and a little bit until like 500 years later, it gets to healthcare. <laughs> so. at, at least 100 years later, the ideas in the laboratory get out to the public. And mm-hmm. one of the, so like I tend not to use the term biohacking much anymore because yeah. it does trigger a lot of people. Yeah. But ultimately, they are people that are willing to take these new ideas before they're out in the public 
and experiment on themselves to see what works and pass that on. Mm -hmm. So in, in most of the world, you're being told this works because it's been studied so many times. But in, in the biohacking world, we look at ideas that are very new mm -hmm. and we try them. And if it works, we tell people about it and then they see if it works. Mm -hmm. And then we start building a community around those ideas. Mm -hmm. And then those ideas kind of go either viral or mainstream and people start to hear about them everywhere. Right. So s similar to the, the yeah. light, you know, we're gonna talk about light because that's like most of what I talk about everywhere is light. And that idea of knowing how light impacts our biology has been around a really long time. Yeah. But in the public, it has not been around at all until very recently. Mm -hmm. Yet the ideas were known long ago and people have been utilizing those ideas for so long. Mm -hmm. So what we like to do in the biohacking space is bring those ideas forward to help people take control of their own health as soon as they can. Which is awesome because at the end of the day, right, you have to be the CEO of your own health because no one else is going to do it for you. So you have to. So you're an N1. You're like an N1 research study most of the time, right, which I love because you're going to give really honest, um, informative feedback because you've tried it yourself. So do your colleagues in, you know, kind of a large company, global company that you work for, it sounds like your colleagues know that you do like this, like I test on myself, I experiment on myself and are they, they're intrigued by it. They are definitely intrigued at first. They, you know, so there's like a story of when I first started with the company, my ideas were a little too outside the box for them. Mm -hmm. They were starting to change a very conservative company sure. based in West Michigan, like very conservative people. And at that point, like I wanted sunlight in the morning and I wanted some exercise before I got to work, before yeah. I had to sit in an office, my company invented the cubicle. So sat at my cubicle, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> ironic, yeah. crazy claim to fame for uh -huh. the company to yeah. invent the cubicle um, and bring it to the world. So I would drive and then park my car and ride my bike seven miles into work and then get to work. So I would, I was outside at dawn. I got some exercise in and I got to work and I would get in and go to the locker room and change. Yep. And then I would like take my shoes off at my desk. Sometimes they'd be under my desk and I would get in trouble by the executives for having my mm. shoes off at work. Oh, interesting. And so they just weren't ready for someone to like, even sitting at their desk. So taking those ideas and then being willing to be the weird person to push ideas forward yeah. has always been something that I've done at work. Mm -hmm. And to the point where at this piece of property, it's actually designed to look like a barn. It's red mm. and white. It's in the middle of the country. We bring all of our big customers there mm -hmm. to tour and look at our products. And it had lawn that was manicured mode, pesticided, which I thought was crazy for a farm type environment. Right. So the other thing I did is I tried to push them to bring in goats to mow the lawn yeah. and to grow a garden with fruit trees instead of ornamentals that didn't have any benefit necessarily. Mm -hmm. So we planted fruit trees and we put a garden in and then the customers could come in and pick peaches right mm -hmm. from the tree mm -hmm. and eat the peach at this place that looked like a farm. Mm -hmm. And I was able to make that happen. So early on, I was definitely looked at by my colleagues as different, mm -hmm. but some of the ideas that I championed are big ideas now within the company. And I think they recognize as we move forward and more of these kind of new ideas come to light. Right. They're like, who was the guy doing that back then? Or, yeah. You know, who was the guy wearing those weird glasses at, at work? Right. I mean, so I would imagine you kind of pave a whole different path in your company. And it sounds like people have paid attention slowly. And it's a really good lesson for us to learn, like, I know for myself in healthcare, because it's very traditional for the most part, I was a little nervous, 
even putting out a picture of me cold plunging initially, which you encouraged and fostered at the point. And I was like, oh God, everyone this is gonna think I'm so freaking weird. And I'm gonna like lose friends, lose colleagues. But what I've realized is everybody's like really at the end of the day, seeking new and creative ways to improve their health, right? So you have kind of those foundational things, but then sometimes you want like the adventurous side of health because um, health can get a little dull otherwise. And it's cool to add creativity to your health routine. And, you know, it also can make a really big impact. So let me ask you, how did you like get down this path? Like, how did you end up you know, doing all the things that you're doing? Because imagine at some point you were not doing this and then at some point you were. In my life, I've always kind of been one of those seekers and questioners. Like I want to go out and I thrive off finding information that people don't know and bringing it to people. Yeah. So I love seeking out these esoteric occult, like hidden, basically occult just means hidden. Like what are the hidden practices that people have been using to make themselves healthier that we don't know about. And how can I bring that to more people? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been my MO forever, but I never really knew how to do those things. I'm, I was like seeking them out, but I didn't know where to find them. And throughout my twenties and then into my thirties, like one of the things that I struggled with, like a, a lot of this going out to find things was because I had my own struggles. Sure. So I struggled with my own anxiety and social anxiety and I, could not sit and have a conversation one-on-one -on -one with anybody, nor could I give a presentation from a group of people, mm -hmm. meaning like I limited my career quite a bit because I couldn't get up and present to executives or customers or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So that led to insomnia at night for me and I wasn't sleeping well and it would be two or three in the morning before I could fall asleep. So I was like, how do I solve this problem for myself? Yeah. And the biohacking community were the only people talking about these ways of trying things that were outside the norm mm -hmm. because whatever the normal things to do were not working for me and i did not want to take a bunch of pharmaceutical drugs i could probably have taken a sleep aid and there's a hundred million people in the u.s that do so mm -hmm. so i'm not the only one with that problem but at the time i thought i was right so that was hard for me to solve because i didn't want to talk to anybody about it i thought i was weird like yeah. no one else had that problem ability right it was you yeah. don't want people to think you have a problem yeah or i didn't and so through biohacking, I found these alternative ways to cure anxiety. Mm -hmm. Some of them involved supplements that were over the counter. Mm -hmm. And soon I found that there were other ways to solve it with no supplements. And those are the things that I implemented in my own life mm -hmm. and they worked really well. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm just going to do these things. And then people started asking questions like, why are you wearing those glasses to dinner? It's dark and you're indoors. Right. And why are you wearing these glasses when you're at work? I didn't think you wore glasses. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, I don't have prescription, but I would still wear these. And the, those things of me doing things differently mm -hmm. led to people asking questions because they see something different and they ask like, why are you doing this? Right. And now I love that. Cause I'm like, Hey, how long do you have? <laughs> right. We can spend all day talking yeah. about why I'm doing this, but for I can a just whole tell you, for a whole retreat, <laughs> yeah. three yeah. days. Yeah. So, I mean, I solved my own problem. So I went out and sought information from podcasts, books, and other researchers who are trying things on themselves. Yeah. And I tried it on myself, found out what worked, and then started giving that back when I had enough data of like, okay, this worked. Why did it work? Mm -hmm. Is there research? I did the primary research, like looking mm -hmm. at the, the studies that were published. And I found there were like, for light alone, 
there were thousands of published studies. Mm -hmm. And I thought, like, maybe there'd be three or four. Thousands. So, like, it's not unknown mm -hmm. that these issues are real and the science is there, but it's not out in the public. Even mm -hmm. today, it's, like, barely making it out there. Interesting. And I wanted to kind of elevate yeah, that. Yeah, elevate that. You know, that's the other really important piece, I think, to bring forward is coming from a medical background, science and research is just kind of innate, right? Like, it's built in part of my way of thinking. And... I think there's a lot of misunderstanding of how much science and research is there being done behind some of these outside of the box health practices. And there's actually a lot and there should be more. Um, and, and we'll continue to get there. But I will just say I've had three people that I presented in front of in my career who I'm like, if I do not have my scientific facts down and like know every study and like where I can cite it. And you're one of those three. I'm like, I know you value research. So this isn't like haphazard practices, right, that you're putting out there for people. There's a lot of data to support them. I mean, it might have started as an N1, which I referenced before, but it's it's building really fast. And you're helping push those studies forward and kind of pioneering them, creating them, bringing them to light, which is really important um, for us to keep advancing ways that we can optimize our health and well-being, which, I mean, who really doesn't want to do that? And I know sometimes people are like, how much money do you spend on supplements and, you know, all these different crazy things that you probably do and I probably do? And I'm like, well, you know what? It saves me trips to Walgreens. <laughs> so I'm going to spend the money at 48 at Walgreens you know, for things that have a lot of side effects. And generally speaking, a lot of these things don't have a lot of side effects, which is a huge benefit of them. Some might work, some might not, but I would say it's certainly worth trying and investing in it. Where I've come full circle with the biohacking movement is I learned a lot through that movement and I presented a lot through that, I guess, niche. Mm -hmm. And what I found, though, in the biohacking movement is kind of what you're saying, that most people wanted to find a silver bullet, like a device or a supplement that solved all their problems. Mm -hmm. And they spent a lot of money every month on a new device and a new device. And next month was the next device because the first one didn't do everything it was supposed to. Right. And then the new supplement and another supplement. And now they're taking 50 supplements at one yeah. time yeah. just to try to solve all these problems because someone said this one was good and someone else said this other one was good. And... I personally have kind of pushed back from that and mm -hmm. removed almost all supplements mm -hmm. from anything that I buy every month. And I have specifically tried to focus on the free or extremely low cost, mm -hmm. utilizing nature's light, utilizing the environment outside of us to heal ourselves and remain optimally healthy mm -hmm. versus having to pay to do these things. So I've kind of moved from where I used to take a lot of supplements mm -hmm. and I used to buy a lot of devices to now, I really focus on the science behind the free things. Mm. And there's a lot of research around it, but the forthcoming research isn't as prolific because there's not as much money to be made sure. for free health practices. Yeah. Um, so I like to focus on those because they're things anybody can do anywhere. Yeah. There is science behind it. And you don't have to pay money to do a lot of these things. Our society, it's like modern technology has taken us so far. And I would imagine you have a lot of these moments too where you're like, but the irony is like so far isn't always always so far and so great. And I think about the ancient practice of forest bathing, right? Which in Japan, they've now built urban forests so you can stimulate your senses to improve your health, like things like blood pressure, 
I'm like, really? We had to build a forest. <laughs> we had to build a freaking forest. We took all the forests away. We took them all away. And built buildings. We're like, wait a minute. Yep. Something's wrong here. <laughs> so it just made me think of what you were saying, right? So it's like, we have to, our society's wired to like do things bigger, better, faster, more. Um, and now we're kind of having to revert back to like those practices that were taken away because of our bigger, better, faster, more. Well, a lot of the speed and the ideas for innovation aren't taking human biology and health in mind. So like LED lights, we're, we're lighting ourselves up with LED lights inside because they're less expensive. We, at some point, banned incandescent light bulbs, which were a healthier option for these LEDs. And what we thought was they save energy, they're super efficient, they light up a space with very little energy. Mm -hmm. They were never designed for human biology. They, they were not designed for human health. Mm -hmm. And with thousands of studies proving that light intimately impacts human health mm -hmm. we can't ignore it any longer yeah. and so a lot of these technologies as we move faster and faster are not taking into account the human side of the equation they're more taking into account efficiencies and how you know just because we can do something we need to ask the question of should we do right, that thing right so for those that are sitting in their office and you know a lot of people are home officing now so how do people create a better home office or work office environment and i know we're going to get into like a couple of nitty-gritty like hands-on show and tell here which is going to be awesome um and as we start that i'm just going to kind of give a little two cents and one of the things that you exposed me to that has made a huge difference in my health because a lot of people in healthcare are working evenings and nights and i was one of those for many years on top of having like this terrible genetic condition called night owlism <laughs> and i was like hardwired to sleep little um, that was modeled for me and be a night owl. And I was just like, I'm fine, I'm 30, like I can get by without any sleep, it doesn't really matter. And then one day I woke up and I was like, I'm 30 and I feel like I'm 100 and this is not actually working for me. And I, like you, did not wanna take a pharmaceutical to sedate myself at night at, on a routine basis in any way, shape or form. So I was a little skeptical when you were like, Krista, have you tried these like $8 glasses? I was like, right, sure. But then I'm like, Krista, they're eight. It's like a pair of $8 glasses. Why wouldn't I try these? This is so crazy. And I started wearing these. And actually, these are your brand of glasses, which um, as someone that I trust, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll buy these initially. Now I know you can buy many pairs, probably of different qualities, which I'd love for you to talk about. But I had to kind of fight myself to be like, I'm sleeping. I'm like, it cannot be, it's for sure not these. But it took me a couple months to be like, every time I wear these at night, if I'm on my phone or on my computer because I'm working late at night, which I'm also trying to work on, but it, it takes me a lot to put that away at night. And I think that's for a lot of people. These don't solve all of that, but this helps keep my circadian biology and rhythm a little bit more in sync, right? So if you can start with talking about these, because these were a sleep game changer and I've actually shared them with doctors and nurses that I work with and it's changed their life. It's what they refer first for patients who are having sleep disruptions. And I think it's like one of the greatest, cheapest tools that we have for sleep. Yeah, so one of the things in, in office buildings and in your home is lighting and circadian lighting. So we all know like circadian just means being in sync with the light and dark cycles of the earth. We all live on this planet um, that has day and night. Right. And there's invisible signals that our body reads. And there's something called a Schumann resonance. 
It's an invisible earth signal that our body picks up. There's light, there's invisible light that our body picks up, and there's visible light we pick up. So we all know that our body reads invisible signals. You could just think about ultraviolet light. It's invisible, but we can get a sunburn. So our body is reading it and it's interacting with that, or it gives us a tan or vitamin D. Yeah. So light <laughs> is a huge deal to get right. And something that you said, I get this all the time. I'm a night owl, so how am I harming myself if I'm always more awake at night mm -hmm. and I sleep during the day? Well, number one, what I, I love telling people is like, your biology was created to be awake during the day and asleep at night. It's called diurnal biology. Nocturnal biology are for things like owls and rats and bats. Like they are designed to be awake at night. Mm -hmm. So even if you think like you work better at night, you're working against your biology and there is always a cost when you go against what we call the circadian rhythm. And the circadian rhythm is like, be awake when the sun is out and be asleep when the sun is down. Right. That's the rhythm of the planet. And when we go against that, we start to increase hormones in our body that we don't want at the, that time of day, like mm -hmm. cortisol. Mm -hmm. Cortisol, like everyone knows it is the stress hormone. It's a great hormone during the day. It keeps us awake and alert. But at night, you don't want to be stressed, awake, and alert. You want to be tired. Yeah. So we need another hormone called melatonin, which helps us sleep. And studies are showing that it cleans up damaged mitochondria and mm -hmm. cells while we sleep. Mm -hmm. We don't want to lose that benefit. But if we see blue light at night, the body thinks it's daytime. Mm -hmm. So these glasses, you've got a pair and I've got a pair. And if you're watching this on YouTube or on a, on a video, you will notice that the lenses are different colors of my glasses versus Krista's. So there are multiple shades and colors of lenses that block light. And what you're looking for after sunset is to block 100% of the blue frequency of light, which is why these are called blue blockers. Mm -hmm. Just like the commercials from the 80s, if you're old enough to remember, if you're over 35, you might remember the blue blockers commercials that old people in the commercials would wear them while they drive during the, the day to block blue light and give them better perception. Yeah. We can use them, and they've been studied clinically. I think RPI, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute out of New York, was the first university to do a study on blue light blocking glasses. Mm -hmm. And what they showed is if your body is producing melatonin, which it only does when your body perceives darkness, mm -hmm. you perceive darkness, your body releases the stored melatonin, it does its job of rejuvenating you, everything's good. But if you see blue light, like from your smartphone, like from your overhead LED lights, mm -hmm. like from your television, like from your laptop, that destroys the melatonin that's in your blood. Mm -hmm. It stops the release of further melatonin and it increases cortisol. That's specifically from the blue light emitted by those lights. These glasses block the blue light. So when you wear them, your body perceives that it is still dark mm -hmm. and it allows the melatonin, as you were stating, like your melatonin is still going to be released. Right. Your circadian rhythm is going to continue as normal and you get the rejuvenation benefits of that melatonin at night. Yeah. I've got on a pair of red lens glasses. So it goes from light orange to dark orange to red. And then I've got a pair of yellow lenses. Some people will try to sell blue light blocking glasses with clear lenses and those block. So what happens is the lighter or the clearer the lens, the less blue light it blocks. Okay. So during the day, if you're 
out and away from natural light, but you're on a device. The blue light is a high intensity light. And it's been shown through numerous studies that it can create free radicals in your eye and lead to macular degeneration. So those are the studies. So people wear computer glasses or blue light blocking glasses Mm -hmm. during the day to block the high intensity blue, Mm -hmm. but you don't wanna block all the blue light during the day because then you don't have cortisol around, Mm -hmm. which keeps you awake and alert. You're gonna be tired during the day and you're gonna mess up your circadian rhythm. So during the day, you can wear a lighter version of blue light blocking like glasses. the ones you have on. So I've got on a pair of yellow. Yeah. And these would be a daytime pair. They let in enough okay. blue yeah. to set your circadian rhythm, but they block the high intensity blue light from man-made artificial lights. You never want to wear blue light blockers in the sun because yeah. the sun's light sinks your circadian biology. When we see the sun, it tells your body with invisible information. Like everyone's like, oh, that's kind of woo woo. Well, how does your cell phone send a text from you to me? And when I get it, there's a photo in that text Mm -hmm. that my phone renders from an invisible signal sent from your phone. That's information visibly sent through the air. Mm -hmm. Our body is way more efficient at reading invisible information than a phone. And we read the invisible information from the sun and from nature. Mm -hmm. So we need some of that natural sunlight in our eye to set the circadian rhythm. But when we're indoors, the lighter version protects us from the high intensity blue light that is devoid of red and infrared light Mm -hmm. indoors which is kind of the antidote to blue. Mm -hmm. At night, we want to block 100% of the blue light. Any blue light getting into our eye at night tells our body that it is still daytime and to not release melatonin. Now, when you go to an orange lens, that will block 100% of the blue light. When you go to a red lens, you're blocking blue and green light. So you can't really get around very well wearing red lenses because like if you were driving, for instance, And I'm an example of this. Don't do it. If you were to drive with red lens glasses, because you want to block these, like what I call weaponized headlights nowadays, these Mm -hmm. crazy bright LED Mm -hmm. headlights. And because they block green light, when I came to a traffic light and it was green, it looks like the light is turned off because you can't see the green light. They block green. So I thought the traffic light was off and there's a power failure. And I started slowing down. (laughs) People are honking at me and I take my glasses off and the green, the light was green. So beware. Um, Don't wear them while driving. We'll return to Rebel and Be Well in just a moment. But first, a few words about our sponsors. I want to say a special thank you to everyone at Self-Esteem Brands. We are grateful for the recording space and support you have provided to our podcast platform and team. You can find more information about self-esteem brands in the show notes. We appreciate and savor every sip of Dry Farm Wines during our podcast conversations and every event at the Point Retreats. To find out more about Dry Farm Wines, find their link in our show notes. Thank you, Paddle North, for being our preferred Minnesota-based brand and company. We honor every memorable paddle. To find out more information about Paddle North, find their link in our show notes. The Point Retreats and Rentals is situated roughly 30 minutes outside Brainerd, Minnesota. The property's private peninsula boasts over 1,500 feet of stunning shoreline spanning three lakes on the pristine whitefish chain of lakes. Whether you need time to renew, reset, or reconnect, we have a space that can host your family, group, or team. Click on the show notes to find out more about the Point Retreats and the Point Rentals. Okay, so we have three different sets of color, or four different sets of color. So walk us through, like, your, you've gotten to your office and it's 8 a.m. What would you, like, and then yeah, what so, would you put on oh, if, so this and is, for what hour? So, so if you are going to work at 8 a.m., you have to remember that your biology is set by the sun. 
And if you're paying attention to the sun, it rises at a different time every day of the year. So right now the sun is rising at 7.45 a.m. Mm -hmm. where we live in Minnesota, Twin Cities area. Mm -hmm. And that means that you need to get outside at some point close to sunrise to set your circadian biology for the whole day and that's been clinically proven to allow you to sleep better that night. Mm -hmm. So my thing is if you're driving to work, roll some windows down, open your sunroof, turn the heat on if it's cold, but get that natural light into your system. Mm -hmm. You need to see it not through glasses, mm -hmm. not through your contacts, not through windows, because that blocks 50% of the red and infrared, 100% of the ultraviolet, and it distorts the color to make it a high energy blue light coming through windows and glass. Okay. So you want the windows down, or if you're walking to work, get that natural light in your eye. If you're already at work and it's eight and the sun rises at 830, which it's gonna do here in December, mm -hmm. people used to take smoke breaks like every two or three hours. Right. Now you take a light break. So walk outside for five minutes. Yeah. This is quantum physics of how light works with human biology, okay. which means a teeny tiny dose of sunlight has a massive benefit. Yeah. So if you can get outside for two to five minutes, close to sunrise, mm -hmm. and there's still stories of me. I was at work a month ago and the sun was just rising and I was at work at 7.30. I walked outside and I'm facing the parking lot because that's where the sun rises. Right. And I'm just staring and people are like, are you waiting for the bus? Like, there's <laughs> no bus. Because it doesn't come in the middle of the parking lot. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, did you forget your badge and you need help getting inside? And right. I'm like, I'm watching the sunrise. Yeah. And uh, people still tell that story a month later of like, and there was Thaddeus watching the sunrise <laughs> outside. Like, Is he okay? And now everyone's like, I'm going to go start doing that. Yeah. So they're actually cool. saying they're going to go do that. So um, I want you outside looking at the sunrise. You don't have to look directly at the sun, but at sunrise, there's no ultraviolet in the sun, yeah. but that's going to set your circadian rhythm. No glasses, no contacts. You want to okay. see it naturally. And now there are companies out there that make contacts and glasses without UV blocking yeah. in them because you want some of that. Okay. I don't have UV blocking in my eyes, but if I need sunglasses, you know, I can wear them. Sure. So then I get into work. And if I'm around a lot of natural light while I'm working on my laptop, yeah. That's cool. All I do is I add a filter to my laptop screen. It's called mm -hmm. Flux or F-Lux, F-L-U-X. It's free. Mm -hmm. It filters out the highest intensity blue light. Mm -hmm. Anybody can put it on their phone or their laptop. Okay. If I'm in a windowless conference room all day, like I was at an industry meeting last month, mm -hmm. or if my normal work environment has no windows, I'm getting bombarded by blue light. I'm not getting almost any red. I'm getting zero infrared and no ultraviolet. That's a distorted man-made artificial environment akin to eating junk artificial food. Mm. Eating food is similar to taking in that junk light to your body. Light is actually a bigger drug than food is, believe mm. it or not. And the studies prove this over many years. Mm -hmm. Light sets your sex hormones, your metabolism, your reproduction, your reproduction, your um, feeling of being hungry, mm -hmm. all that set by light. And so when we artificially create a light environment without health in mind, mm -hmm. that will affect us negatively. So if I'm in one of those environments, I will pick up one of these either clear lens with kind of this bluish filter on it, which if you see somebody's screen reflected in those glasses, it'll reflect blue. Okay. Or these yellow lens glasses. I like yellow because they block more blue light. Okay. So if I'm in a windowless area with lots of artificial lights around right. and I don't just have candles or darkness, I'm going to wear these yellow lensed, I call them computer glasses. Okay. And then after sunset, 
sunset is going to happen at 4.30 here shortly. Yeah. Some people are still at work. Mm -hmm. As soon as the sun sets, your body is designed to not see blue light. Mm -hmm. So I will put on one of these orange pairs, usually a lighter orange pair because okay. I'm going to be driving. Maybe like these because they're a little bit lighter. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I need something that I can drive in and not hit a pedestrian you know, <laughs> and be able to see <laughs> what's going yes. on. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, blue light blocking glasses are not intended to be worn while you drive. Mm -hmm. And that's actually like something that they tell you not to do because they can block a little bit of light, okay. especially if you're wearing the red lens version. Right. Do not do that. So if I'm going to drive, I still will wear them at night because of what I'm calling the weaponized headlights. I get blinded by those. So I will wear them and I do not want my melatonin being destroyed. Mm -hmm. So as soon as the sun sets, I put those on and I will not take them off until I either go to bed without mm -hmm. the lights on, mm -hmm. I turn on only red lights in the house, mm -hmm. or I put on these red lens glasses an hour before bed. I'm not okay. kidding you. If you put on red lens glasses uh -huh. after sunset, you're gonna fall asleep in like a half hour. Only blue light destroys your melatonin. So if you have a pure red light, it mm -hmm. will not destroy your melatonin. You can still have light in your home. You could use candles. Candles yeah. don't destroy melatonin. Right. Most people aren't going to use candles in their home these days to light everything. Right. Most people aren't going to use red lights either, although we do. So yeah. at my home and in my office, if it's still dark when I get to my office, yeah. I turn on a red light strip so that I'm on Zoom all day. Mm -hmm. And people are like, oh, there's Thaddeus. He's in the red again. He's in red mode. So yeah. It's like I've got my blue light blocking glasses on. I've got red light. Red light has been shown through all the university studies not to destroy melatonin. Okay. So I light up my home and my workspace in red light after dark. You know, I know even from some of the data and, and how to treat COVID, melatonin was one of the first lines of defense, right? It's an antiviral. So really heavy doses of melatonin were given. Um, but it's kind of like this human nature, right? Like if we don't have a pain point, which unfortunately you're not going to always feel a low melatonin, you're not going to always feel a low vitamin D, um, and you don't always feel, you know, uh, changes in your blood sugars, right? So the sad part about the biology around all of those is oftentimes by the time your body's giving you a signal, it's like in crisis mode. So a lot of this is like preventing crisis mode, which um, if you can, you know, if you're a preventative health seeker, right, this is a really great tool. Any, I would say anyone who's been really sick appreciates being healthy. And mm -hmm. almost all of us have been like down with the flu or whatever it is at mm -hmm. some point or going through detox, whatever you want to call it. You understand how critical feeling good is and the people that know that the most are the people that are having health challenges yeah. so why like and i don't know if it's just me but like why would you get to the point mm -hmm. where you're spending all your money to fix your health when you can prevent that from ever happening in the first mm -hmm. place mm -hmm. there's these little tools that are nearly or 100 percent free Right. using the natural environment to prevent these things from happening mm -hmm. and allow you to live as long as possible, as healthy as possible. Because I'll tell you what, like when you are really sick, you will give anything to get healthier. Yeah. So don't get to that point in the first place. Right. right. Use some of these tools to kind of protect ourselves from modern day living, right? Which has great advantages and also great disadvantages. So there's a lot of advantages. And I think we just need to know how to navigate through those, mm -hmm. through modern technology yeah. safely and healthfully. Because let's talk about red light, because that's the second thing that now I'm addicted to, much to my family's, like, <laughs> chagrin. They're like, oh, God, here goes mom and her red light. And, like, now that's all I have in my bedroom. And, ironically, you and Heidi, like, take that up a whole nother notch. And you were just featured in the 
uh, Star Tribune in Minneapolis for your whole entire house. Like you light up the black because your whole house is red at night, right? And I'm sure it attracts a lot of attention. But it has um, a lot of health benefits, especially pertaining to all of the things you just talked about. So we brought some red lights. We did. This is the sauna space light. I personally like this one because it also offers warmth. So, right, it's like the same light that was designed to go in these little pocket saunas that uh, Sauna Space designs. It has warmth, right? And being in Minnesota, that like six, nine months out of the year, it's really cold. So I like the added warmth on top of the red light benefit. But you have a totally different light. Yeah, so I, think, talk about that. I think one of the things like some people are interested in is like seasonal effectiveness disorder or SAD. Yeah. And like people are, are thinking about like, well, why do we get sad in the winter? Yeah. And my theory is that when we come indoors, so in the summer, we're outdoors more often, we're wearing fewer clothes, our eyes are in the sunlight, we have our windows rolled down in our cars. In the winter, we might never go outside. If you think about in Minnesota, going from your home to your garage, to your car, to work, to the store, to the gym, and then back home, you're outside for a minute all day long mm -hmm. versus the summer. So we're missing out on these frequencies of the sun and we're having a biological experience called seasonal effectiveness disorder. Right. We're missing the frequencies when we come indoors of red and infrared, of which our lights, the sauna space, and then this, this is from Gemba Red. So this is a therapy light. I don't use it for red light therapy. I actually use it to light my home. Red light and infrared light have been well studied. Um, largely by Dr. Michael Hamblin out of Harvard University. Okay. He has the light lab at um, Harvard, mm -hmm. and I think at MIT he runs one as well. And the red and infrared have been shown to heal biology, to reduce fine lines and wrinkles, to reduce photoaging, to increase wound healing by up to 50% mm -hmm. for like basketball players mm -hmm. that they studied, and to increase mitochondrial energy in the cell, mm -hmm. which means the cell can detox or heal when it has more energy. Mm -hmm. That's what these lights do. Mm -hmm. So in addition to lighting your home up at night with red, which is a little weird, mm -hmm. you are not stopping your melatonin and you're providing these frequencies that you miss when you come indoors in the winter. Okay. And I have not had a seasonal effectiveness disorder since I've used the red lights okay. in did my you home. Before? Um, some winters I definitely did. I definitely okay. felt impacts yeah. from that. Yeah. And I think it's we're missing these frequencies because the windows block these frequencies. Right. The red, the infrared, and the ultraviolet. Now there are benefits to animals. Like we know that like nocturnal animals get disturbed by bright blue lights, like that are these LED street lights. Mm -hmm. There's an article by the American Medical Association that is giving a warning for humans and animals to not install LED street lights. Well, too late for that, we already did it. But yeah. if you look up from, I think 2015, American Medical Association warned against putting LED street lights out for human health, but for nocturnal animal health, uh -huh. people are starting to use red lights uh -huh. because the owls and the bats and mm -hmm. the sea turtles mm -hmm. will still be able to do their thing at night with red lights, but they cannot do it yeah. with the bright white lights. Do you mind kind of going through some of the other pieces that you brought just yeah. to show like how those can improve health in the work environment? There's like three main things that I feel like you need to take care of. Your light environment, we've ex like exhaustively talked about. Mm -hmm. Next would be electromagnetic fields. Like we are electric, magnetic, quantum beings, and yeah. we respond to invisible signals. When we flood our world with man-made signals like microwaves yeah. from your cell phone, your Wi-Fi, your Bluetooth, your AirPods, like all those things, yeah there's a biological cost. So I do protect myself from those things. So like this is just a microwave meter in my hand. Mm -hmm. um, for those of you not able to see it, you're gonna hear it. 
and it's, I'm gonna turn it off. That is measuring microwaves from cell phones and Wi-Fi in our space that we're in right now. And this is all around us and our biology is picking it up and I have a zero man-made electromagnetic field environment at my house when it comes to microwaves. Hmm. So I test my environment. Mm -hmm. There's no Wi-Fi on, there's no Bluetooth on. So those are the, the major things that I do is I turn off Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, including my cell phone is, is on airplane mode. And what I've got is there's an adapter for your cell phone and all it is, this is for uh, an Android, it's a USB-C, and then it's a landline, like one of these, hmm. um, hard connections mm -hmm. you can connect your laptop to like in the past we, we didn't have wi-fi so we had right. to like plug in a like almost like a phone cord to our our laptop yeah that is way faster than wi-fi so my laptop and i have a, a senior level corporate job so i have a, a team of people around the world i'm on phone calls and zoom calls i can't afford to like have a break in service right the landline is faster than wi-fi mm -hmm. so my computer is hooked into a LAN line with mm -hmm. the wi-fi turned off mm -hmm. my cell phone is connected to this adapter and this adapter i'm showing is basically just a landline adapter for your cell phone so you can do instagram and facebook and texts and emails on your phone while it's on airplane mode so there's no electromagnetic frequency coming from that. Because I can't be outside all year round when I work, because I work right. in front of a computer like most people nowadays, yeah. this is just a grounding mat. So just like we ground people that work in the microelectronics industry, they have yeah. to be grounded so that they don't fry the computer chips. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if they're not grounded, they're picking up energy from Wi-Fi, from the cell phones, mm -hmm. and static electricity from the air. Mm -hmm. And when they touch the computer chip, the charge built up inside themselves fries the computer chip. Mm -hmm. You, all of us, are building charge all day long, and it's creating inflammation in the body. Mm. The way to get rid of that charge is to stand barefoot on the earth. Mm -hmm. The earth is the largest source of negative electrons in our world. And when you stand barefoot, you absorb the negative electrons and get rid of the inflammation in your body. Mm -hmm. So I'm holding a grounding mat in my hand, mm -hmm. which is a special kind of rubber that's conductive. Say, what's the cord? And there? it plugs okay. into your outlet. So okay. what you see here is a grounding outlet. There's it's like a basically a three-prong plug yeah. that's connected to the grounding mat and it only has a ground cord on it. The two okay. prongs that usually are metal on a plug are plastic. Mm -hmm. So it's not absorbing energy from your outlet. You plug in your grounding mat to your outlet and all it plugs into is the ground of the outlet. Okay. And it grounds itself to the grounding system in your home. And then you stand on the grounding mat with your feet and it takes away the inflammation and gives you the free negative electrons for your body. The other thing that I do is I really love how the human body works and it's not built to elevate our heel above our toe in shoes mm -hmm. so like women wearing high heel shoes very detrimental to raise the heels you shorten the heel cords and you can cause all sorts of issues with your body mechanics later in life mm -hmm. well men actually wear high heels too and most men don't know that mm -hmm. but look at your gym shoe or your sneakers or whatever you want to call them your heel is much higher than your toe mm -hmm. that's basically what like wearing high heels so mm -hmm. i love being barefoot and mm -hmm growing those muscles and tendons in our feet and being more primal or like how our ancestors would have mm -hmm. originally moved our biology by being barefoot.
In order to do that, I like my feet to be a little tougher because I had really tender feet and I couldn't walk barefoot on the driveway. It was yeah. actually hurt my feet. Yeah. So I have this like acupressure yeah. mat. It's an acupressure sleep mat. And it's got, I think I counted That's like one. one. Wow. It, this is a sleep one. So you're supposed to lay your back on it. I counted yeah. 1,080 spikes, these little like yeah. plastic spikes. And they're pretty sharp. Um, but I stand on this. So I have a desk that I can go from sitting to standing. Mm -hmm movement during the day is critical and i will stand barefoot on this acupressure mat and what it does is it gives my feet acupressure mm -hmm. which all these reflexology points in the feet help stimulate organs in the body to detoxify them mm -hmm. and relax my body when i'm stressed at work but it toughens my feet faster than any other method i've ever mm -hmm. found to the point where i can just use this for 20 minutes every other day yeah. and my feet are pretty much bulletproof to walk on any surface mm -hmm. during the day barefoot outdoors, outdoors, which is great. Okay, so I wanna ask you this, because um, I know we are both huge um, believers in the power of movement as medicine, right? Exercise is medicine, fitness is critical for health. But one thing I always find a little bit ironic, at least in the couple of gyms that I frequent regularly, is the lighting is like just terrible. And I'm probably a little bit more hyper aware now at this point. Thanks to you, um, <laughs> for welcome. better or worse. But how, what what are like some simple things you could even do like in the gym that would be beneficial so that the lighting in there isn't feeling quite as toxic as it often does? And I'm not saying all gyms, but generally speaking, gyms tend to be a little bit of violators of like the light um, circadian. For sure. I'm fortunate that I only go to the gym in the winter and the gym that I attend is all natural light okay. um, in the, the main area, which is awesome. But that's yeah. not the case for most. Yeah. I'll give two tips that are like hugely, well, three, hugely beneficial to okay. everybody. Okay. Whether you want to build muscle or lose weight, yeah. these tips are going to help you do that too. Okay. So number one is like wear a pair of blue light blocking glasses at the gym yeah. because that just tones down the intensity of the light. You're already stressing your body under that light. Mm -hmm. And when you start stressing the body because you're working out and the light is stressful to your brain, that can start causing, you know, either migraine headaches mm -hmm. or more intense strain in your body mm -hmm. more stress which you just want less stress mm -hmm. so number one i always wear blue light blocking glasses if i'm in a gym without good natural light or it's after sunset mm -hmm. number two is you want to get yourself into the healing frequencies a lot of gyms not all of them but a lot of them have saunas mm -hmm. if you can get into the sauna immediately following your workout mm -hmm. you are going to get infrared light that infrared light is the antidote to the blue light. Okay. It is also shown, proven in studies, to increase fat loss and mm -hmm. increase lean muscle gain. Mm -hmm. I use that to gain like 20 pounds of muscle by working out and immediately using the sauna for muscle gain, mm -hmm. but also to absorb those healing frequencies after seeing all that blue light mm -hmm. at the gym. Mm -hmm. And then finally, when you get home from your workout, just go outside for five minutes and stand barefoot in your backyard or in a park on the way home if you don't have a yard. Sure. That is gonna dump all that inflammation you built from the gym and it's gonna allow negative electrons. Remember like the way our body is powered is through the mitochondria and the mitochondria is the electron transport system to create energy. Mm -hmm. So the more electrons our body has, the easier it is to make energy and heal itself. Mm -hmm. We get free electrons by standing barefoot on the ground. Sure. So those three tips, sauna, blue light blocking glasses and standing barefoot are really easy ways that will help people get to their goals faster, but mitigate these negative effects of the gym. Okay, let me ask you this. What's like, 
in the office a health hack that you might be doing that you don't want to tell anybody? Or <laughs> <laughs> like, should I say it or should I not? Okay, so there's there's one uh, that's getting more popular outside of work now, okay. which is adapting to cold or using cold therapy. Mm-hmm. So cold therapy or cold adaptation like has all these huge benefits and people are getting really into it and a lot of people know the name Wim Hof from like breath work mm-hmm. and cold. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that cold really helps with is weight loss. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that want to do that or just adapting to the cold. So you're not so cold all winter. Your body actually adapts to the cold. You get warmer all winter. So there are vests that have water in them. Mm -hmm. And you can freeze the vests with the water in it and then put it on your body. You can wear the vest and put a shirt on over it. Mm -hmm. And so you're basically cooling your core while you're at work, which helps with weight loss, which helps with cold adaptation, Mm -hmm. but nobody needs to know that you're doing it because you wear it inside your shirt. How about the cold plunging, like the cold exposure? How often are you doing that in your week? I do cold exposure every day. Um, So every single day, my thermostat is set to 61 degrees. Mm -hmm. So I wake up and it's cold Mm -hmm. and I don't like being cold in the morning. I like people love taking cold showers. Like you can cold adapt with a cold shower. I don't do cold showers. Mm-hmm. I love what warm showers. What is it about cold showers that are so painful? Like I'll hop in the lake when it's minus 30, yes. but I don't really want to take a cold shower. Me neither. I have the heat set very low and I get outside every single day with as few clothes as possible. Typically October, November is the time I'm outside every day getting cool. Yeah. So that when the temperatures really drop, I will not be cold all season. So every day I'm doing something for cold therapy, Mm -hmm. usually just walking outdoors or doing some qigong or grounding outside with few clothes on. And then, you know, once a week, I will try to do a cold plunge. Mm -hmm. And it's becoming a more commonly used therapy in the performance space too. Like even a lot of like NBA athletes and like NHL hockey players, like they're starting to catch on that this improves their performance. The best example is um, our friend Naveen who came Mm -hmm. to your retreat Mm -hmm. and I happened to be there as one of the presenters. And he was the lead trainer for the Washington Wizards basketball team. He was studying biohacking and all these alternative therapies that Krista, you had at the point retreat Mm -hmm. so that he could take these, like what he called them, the Ferrari engines of the sports Mm -hmm. world, the NBA players, and make them even better. And Mm -hmm. he was studying cold therapy, red light, blue light blocking glasses. And now he, he's young. He's like a young dude. I think he's Mm -hmm. younger than me. He's in his thirties, I think. And he retired from the NBA and now he trains like Kim Kardashian and like all these like high level people that pay it's like $10,000 a day to work with Naveen. Uh-huh. It's insane. Um, but these are the therapies he's using with the elite. And so if you don't think you can use the same therapies, like they're paying $10,000 mm-hmm. to work with Naveen, you can do it for free. I have one last question because I can't let anyone leave the tattoo room without asking this. So I don't know if you have a tattoo, but if you were going to get one that was somehow reflective of like you in your personal and professional health journey, what would it be? And I don't have any tattoos. I've actually never chosen to mark this vehicle that I drive around. And yeah. and if I if I got a tattoo, I would not choose the tattoo. I would want huh. to use, you know, I'm like the primal guy, right? So I love the primal ceremonies of either coming of age or some 
something that you went through, some crucible that showed you did this work, you gained some knowledge, and you persevered to the other side. Mm -hmm. And I would like somebody, like a shaman, to say, this is the tattoo you need to wear on your body because you did this thing, mm -hmm. but it means nothing to anybody else, nor would they be able to know what it is if you had it. I, I don't like to mark my body with anything, mm -hmm. but if I did, it would be something extremely meaningful that I... I don't want to have something on my body to show somebody else. Sure. So it would be meaningful to me mm -hmm. and the experience that I went through. And there would be a very specific reason for it to be there. And I would not care yeah. if anyone ever saw it. But Thaddeus, thank you. Um, truthfully, you're an incredible human. You have so much knowledge. I appreciate you sharing with me a second time here. And keep doing the great work that you're doing. And just know that you've got cheerleaders like myself championing you on, even though I know it's a space that sometimes probably has taken like a lot of courage to push yourself through. Um, but I appreciate it. It's made a huge impact in my health. And now hopefully it will make a huge impact in many others. So thank, thank you, you, my friend. Appreciate it. And thank you for all the great glasses. Uh, of course. And I like have a whole like eyeglass, like a blue blocker <laughs> like, story. I have in my six house. just in my car because I never want to yeah. be home away from home without them. Yeah. People listening to this, though, like, figure out what resonates with you and, and give it a try. Like, what I tell people is, like, put on a pair of blue light blocking glasses for two weeks and then decide what you think and whether it made a, a benefit or a difference in your life. Or just pick whatever one of these things works. And typically, you'll find it does work and you want to go deeper. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great last words to leave people with. And, and you know, before you know it, you're going to be like an unexpecting human like me who's wearing these glasses and has the red light in their house. And, but I'm, I feel better because of it. Right. So it feels a little out of the norm at first, but sometimes that's just how life goes. Right. Like we all have to keep evolving. And this is part of my evolution and, and, continuing to be on a health journey and, and hopefully it inspires others to do the same. So thank you for that. I appreciate you Absolutely. very, very much until our next um, conversation. I just, yeah, I want to say thank you again for sharing. Absolutely. I want to say a special thank you to everyone at Self-Esteem Brands, the parent company of Anytime Fitness, Waxing the City, Bar Method, Stronger You Nutrition, and Base Camp Fitness. We are grateful for the recording space and support you have provided to our podcast platform and team. You are a true example of what it means to rebel and be well. You can learn more about self-esteem brands via the link shared in the show notes below. We appreciate and savor every sip of Dry Farm Wines during our podcast conversations and every event at The Point Retreats. As a health and wellness platform, we are grateful to have a pure and unique wine that is free of sugar and additives, grown on small family farms, and brings a bright and soulful and vibrant glass of wine to share with the community we love. Cheers to our Dry Farm wine friends and family. You can learn more and order your own bottles of Dry Farm wine by clicking the link provided in the show notes below. That simple and serene moment when we glide across the lake at the Point Retreats on our Paddle North paddleboard is one of the most cherished moments. It's a gift when we and our guests blend into nature and lose track of time and space as we soar across the pristine whitefish chain of lakes. Thank you Paddle North for being our preferred Minnesota-based brand and company. We honor every memorable paddle that brings great clarity and balance. Click on the link provided in the show notes below to see all the incredible lake gear available with Paddle North. The Point Retreats and Rentals is situated roughly 30 minutes outside Brainerd, Minnesota. 
The property's private peninsula boasts over 1,500 feet of stunning shoreline, spanning three lakes on the whitefish chain of lakes. The Point property is owned by two purpose-driven leaders who share a strong desire to lead others to optimal health and well-being. Our team believes in proactive, modern-day health, shifting our mindsets to valuing quality of life in the same capacity as we value quantity of life. We aim for every experience at the point to enhance and deepen your whole being health by providing many opportunities for well care during your stay. Whether you need time to renew, reset, or reconnect, we have a space that can host your family, group, or team. Click on the show notes below to find out more about the point retreats and the point rentals.